Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our series, Relationship Goals. We live in a world that has more relationships, but less love, more sex, but less intimacy. Whether you're single, dating, married, or single again, let's learn to make right what the world has gotten wrong about relationships. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. All right, what's up, Liquid Church? Hey, happy Valentine's Day weekend to y'all. I'm Pastor Tim. Let's welcome everyone at Church Online, all of our campuses. What's up, guys? Glad you're here. You made it. It's week three of our series, Relationship Goals. I hope you've been enjoying this series. And uh, more importantly, the Relationship Goal events that are taking place this month. Um, Just this week, our church hosted Marriage Night Online. Uh, Great to see so many married couples logging on for that. And heads up, single folks, next Friday the 19th, we have a virtual mixer for mature singles. Now that's age 35 and above. It's kind of like community speed dating with real-time group chat as you meet other like-minded singles 35 years and older. Think like networking, but way more fun. And then the following Friday, young adults, okay, this is ages 22 through 35, are having a meetup online with young adults across New Jersey and Florida. It's going to be hosted by our friend Brian Rowe. And trust me, this is not another Zoom meeting. Uh, What we're doing is we're building dynamic community so y'all can make some healthy relationship goals this February. Now, today, I have a great task. I get to talk candidly about God's design for sex. Isn't that exciting? So, Paris, let me just give you a heads up, all right? This message is rated PG-13. So what that means, if you have kids who aren't emotionally mature enough, uh, you may want to redirect them at this time. But honestly, as a father, um, you may want to have them stay. I'll just show you my cards. I'm a big believer in talking to kids early about sex. A couple reasons for that. First off, they already know about it, okay, from Snapchat uh, and TikTok. And uh, this may actually be their first chance to hear clear, unapologetic teaching about God's gift of sex from a biblical perspective. In other words, not what they just see on social media or hear from their friends. But parents, you know your kids best, so use your discernment. Um, Let me share my heart. I just like think our culture has totally hijacked this conversation. And I believe it's time for the people of God to claim it back. Amen? I want to take this topic out of the dark and shine the light of God's truth on it. So today I want to talk about sex in a way that gives God glory and makes the devil feel dumb. Okay? Because historically, the church has not done a very good job talking about this topic. Um, Growing up uh, in the church, I remember the message I received was summed up in five simple words. Don't have sex before everybody. Hey, we went to the same youth group. Look at that. It's amazing. That message was well-intentioned, but it was incomplete. It was missing information. It kind of made it seem like sex was like something dirty and secretive and evil, something adults do behind closed doors and now increasingly online. Uh, But the reality is sex is God's idea. Did you know that? He invented it. The first command ever given by God in the first pages, in the very first book of the Bible, God brings the first man, the first woman together, and he gives them this command. It says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, this ain't instructions about uh, making fruit salad, okay? (laughs) Let let me break this down in modern terms, okay? God said, hey, y'all are blessed because I made each of you in my image. And, And so Adam, my boy, I want you to go lay it down, my brother. 
I, I want you to find your wife Eve, and I want you two to turn on a little Drake and be fruitful and multiply. Young people, you picking up what I'm laying down? <laughs> Sex was divinely created by your creator at the outset of creation. And the culture didn't invent it. It's not man-made. It's not so sex isn't dirty or perverse. It's to be prized, cherished, celebrated with passion and pleasure. I want you to think about that. Far from being a prude about it, God gives sex as a gift to his children to enjoy in the context of marriage. Now, if you flip over to the New Testament, Mark chapter 10, Jesus brings even more clarity. Jesus actually quotes Genesis and he says this. God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. So, so God created the sexes. He's like, these are the parameters. There's male and female. In other words, he made our parts. God knows our desires. He knows our urges, our appetites. God made them all. And I know this sounds basic to some of you, but I got to lay this foundation because I'm trying to do, undo decades of wrong thinking and bad theology. All right? From the Bible's perspective, sex is good because sex is God's idea and he designed it. Jesus says this explains a lot of stuff. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is, what's the word, church, is joined. Now take that word joined, put it in your pocket. We're going to get to that. He's joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now everybody say the word joined. Joined. A little bit louder. Joined. I want you to underline that word, circle it in your notes, because the word joined in the original language here, it means a lot more than like, oh, they're joined, they're holding hands, you know, or they hooked up. That's like how we think of it, right? Most moderns, like casual. No, no, no. The word Jesus uses here for joined has three layers of meaning. First, there's the physical. They're joined physically through the act of sex, but then there's emotional. They're joined emotionally through intimacy and nakedness and vulnerability. And thirdly, there's the spiritual. They're joined spiritually through covenant. See, every time two people are joined together through sex, it ain't just a physical experience. According to the Bible, it's actually an emotional and spiritual connection under God. Let's call it a soul tie. Can you say that? Everyone say soul ties. Soul ties. That's the title of my message today. And I want to give full credit to Pastor Mike Todd from Transformation Church for this. He, he wrote a great book on relationship goals. And that phrase, soul ties, really describes what happens spiritually. When two people join together as one sexually, it ties two souls together, physically, emotionally, spiritually. But outside of marriage, those same souls get all tangled up. Now, just practically speaking, let me just tell you what that means. It, it's, it's why... That guy you hooked up with on your birthday weekend when things got all crazy. You can't get that guy off your mind. Or you can't get that girl out your head. It's not because you just joined to them physically. The Lord said, when you all came together and you did a sacred act, you joined together emotionally and spiritually. Your souls are tied. That's why you're in a relationship with someone else and you're thinking about that other person. See, the way the world says it, the world says, well, it's just a, what's a big deal? It's just sex. You think it's just a one-time hookup, but when you crept out of their apartment, something got tied to you. You understand? Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6. It says, there's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As written in scripture, the two become, what's the word? One. 
since we want to become spiritually what? One with the master, Jesus, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever, the kind of sex that can never become what? What's the key word? One. That's God's plan for sex. Let's call it God's plan of one. This is for every person's. God's plan is to have one God, one man, one woman, one marriage, one sex partner, one flesh for one lifetime. That's one picture. In other words, he wants your relationship, your sex life to reflect what God is like. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but God is one. Wrapped up in an eternal relationship of unbroken love. But understand, our culture has totally warped this. Our culture is like, one? Nah. You know, no, 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 no. There isn't one God. There's many gods. One man? No, man. You mean you need lots of men. <laughs> what? Don't get tied down with one woman, bro. You got to play the field. You got to see what's out there, man. One marriage? Pfft, bro, that's old-fashioned. One, one sex partner? You got to be kidding. There's so much variety, man. What if you miss out on something? Notice? This is the same temptation the devil used on Eve. Hey, did God really say you can't eat that fruit? No. God actually gave them the whole garden. But the devil made it look like God was holding out on them. And that's what the culture wants to say to you about sex. God's holding out on you. And, and if you follow him, man, you follow this plan, this one plan, you'll miss out. But see, God's plan is for your happiness. He designed it for your enjoyment, which means no shame, no guilt, no regrets. And so God gives his plan of one. And can I just tell you from experience, sex with one person in one marriage for one lifetime, it's beautiful. I'm just telling you. So we're like, how do you know, Pastor Tim? Because I got two kids, a fine wife, and a lot of practice, okay? It's a beautiful thing. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. So we're like, whoa, too much information, Pastor. I'm just telling you. You just got to realize God doesn't see marriage the way we do. When we think of a marriage, a man and woman being joined together, right? A lot of times we think of a wedding, right? We think of a white dress. There's a guy in a tuxedo. They say some words. They recite some vows. Then they walk down the aisle. No, 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 no. Listen to me. That ain't the moment that God recognizes a marriage. The Bible says that God recognizes marriage when one man and one woman come together to consummate their relationship to be joined together sexually as one flesh. And guys, this is like so deep. This is so profound. It's, it's beyond biology. Even if you just think about the way God designed our bodies, I want you to think about this. God designed men and women, right? I mean, with complementary matching parts that come together and become one, but that ain't all. A woman's body has a thin tissue called a hymen. It's located at the opening of the vagina. Yes, I just said vagina in church. <laughs> relax, everybody, okay? Just relax, relax, okay? I'm like, <laughs> suck the air out of the room there for a minute there. This, guys, this is amazing if you think about it from a spiritual perspective because the hymen is for storing blood. In the Bible, anytime a covenant is made before God, it requires the shedding of blood. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, a covenant before God requires the shedding of blood for it to be validated. And so God said, here's what I'm going to do. When man and woman are joined together, I'm going to put something inside of her so that when she and her husband join together sexually for the first time, there's typically bloodshed. 
Because when they connect, I want there to be a covenant to protect them. And whenever there's a covenant, there's blood shed before God. That's the thing that ties them together forever, actually seals the relationship and creates the soul tie. I'm telling you, there's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As written in scripture, the two become one. See, sex isn't just sex. <laughs> Such as a physical act. It creates a spiritual soul tie with your partner. And God says, I want there to be a covenant. You see this all throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, when the people of Israel, they're coming out of Egypt. God says, I'm going to have a new covenant here for you guys. And all you men, you got to get circumcised. What? <laughs> Why? Because there has to be bloodshed to secure the new covenant. That was called the old covenant. But you and I are Christians living under the new covenant. So let me bring it to the New Testament. When God was separated from us, his children, humanity, and we need to be joined together back to him, what does he do? He sends his son Jesus to die on a cross. Why? Because there has to be the shedding of blood. And when there was blood shed, a new covenant was established. We were forgiven for our sins and we're joined together as one with God forever. That's why the marriage covenant is like this mini picture of the gospel. It reflects Jesus' love for his bride, the church. Jesus bled for us to become one with us. See, that's God's plan of one for every person here. One God, one man, one woman, one marriage, one sex partner, one flesh for one lifetime. And let me just tell you, if you violate the design of the creator, that's when all hell breaks loose. Let me show you what I mean. Come on out, guys. I need some help illustrating this because I... I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are like, uh, you know, Pastor Tim, that's easy for you to say because, like, dude, you're like a middle-aged, you know, married guy, right? <laughs> I get it. I know what you're thinking. And some of you, I talk, I talk to a lot of you. And, and some of you are thinking like, well, Tim, you know, you've been married a while, but, man, you, you don't know about me and Bex, man. Rebecca, woo, she was my first. She was my first. We, we met in high school. Remember fourth period chemistry? It was awesome. And I was scared because she was so beautiful. I'd never, I'd never been with anybody. And I heard she was more experienced. And then, and then it was like that one night that we, that we connected, man. We just, it wasn't super serious, but like, but we clicked, something clicked, man. And, and it, it was my, she was my first in high school. And I, I actually still feel that tug every once in a while, you know? Like when I want to study and, and focus on something, it was, it was just, just so exciting, man, that one well, I just had to go back a couple more times, you know? But I told her, I'd never do it with anybody else because we, we got a special connection. She got good hair. Look at his hair. You got green eyes, man. I've never been with somebody with green eyes. No, no, no. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do what God called me to do. But I, I, I just can't stop thinking about that concert we went to and what we did after it. You see? My, my mind is now entangled. And every time, every time I smell that perfume, man, that's, the perfume, that's what she used to wear. And it gave me that feeling. And I, and I was doing good. I was walking away. But then I smelled it. took me back to a place where I got We got a soul tie here. You understand? See, sex creates soul ties. Now, theologians will tell you the soul refers to three things. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. In other words, it's your mind. It controls what you think. It's your will. It controls your actions, what you do. And it's your emotions. It controls what you feel. 
And when you create a soul tie with somebody outside of marriage, you, you get tied up because it's like, I, I want to be free. I want to walk away. I want to move on. I mean, I was high school. Come on, I got I to gotta move on. But, and so then I went to college. I went to college and I met this one girl and she was real cute. And it was cool because I found she was a Christian. And so like we went to like a, a Bible study together and then, and then we were at spring break and like it got all, you know, deep at, late at night. And she's just, you went through a breakup. She was feeling lonely. And we're at the beach and like, Pastor Tim, things heated up, you know? And we became more than fr friends. She actually became my uh, FWB, you know what that is? Friend with benefits. Like, like, like we'd never be official. I mean, it, it's actually kind of weird. Cause like, like, well, we were both Christians. But there, but there were a couple times we, we met up for Bible study and, and we, we wound up laying hands on each other. You know, you know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's, it's like, man, no, 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 no. Now every, it's weird. Now every time I go to church, I'm not thinking about praising and worshiping God anymore. I'm just wondering, is she going to be there? See, when we talk about soul ties, we're talking about your mind, your will, and your emotions getting entangled with other people. I just think there's a lot of us kind of walking through life and we're, and we're tied to people and, and things and ideas and that maybe we didn't fully understand the impact of emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. And we just kind of stumbled into it and you didn't really think through it, but you just, I just felt something, man. Like, shoo, right? Come on, ladies. Like, I just saw him one weekend. He looking fine. I saw him in those J's and then he texted, woo! I just, I felt something, Pastor Tim. Right? Come on. I know. Listen to me. If you just follow your feelings, then you're following your flesh. And your flesh only cares about what makes sense in the moment. But the Holy Spirit will tell you what makes sense for your future. So if you just make decisions because it feels right, guess what happens? You get all tied up and then you come rocking into church. And you're like, I want to lift up holy hands, but I can't. Why? You ever have that happen? In God's house, like, like you did something on you know, Saturday night that just it didn't, it felt right, but you know it was wrong. And now you're like, I just can't worship. I, why? Because you got guilt pulling you this way. And you got shame pulling you this way. You got soul ties. That's just single folks. Come on. You know what my favorite excuse is? I hear this all the time from couples, young couples, older couples. They say, well, it's okay for us to have sex and, and, and create soul ties because we're about to get, to get married. We don't get married. The wedding, the wedding date's only three months out. <laughs> Man, you haven't done marriage mentoring yet. See, the enemy's trying to play you. He's trying to get you to question God because you want so badly, I want to have this covenant before God. But watch this. You've already ditching his design before the marriage even starts. And you're like, dude, well, what's a piece of paper mean anyway? You're right. A contract doesn't matter, but a covenant does. And if you're a Christian who's been bought with the blood of Jesus, you can call it what you want, but it's actually called compromise. If you're living together, if you're having sex, you're cheating your future spouse and you're fooling yourself. You ain't fooling God. God's like, hey, I understand. You, you want me to bless this marriage, but you're going to be having sex for the rest of your life. What's three more months of consecration of honoring my design ahead of your desires? Ooh, Pastor Tim, you're getting personal. I know. I'm in your business and you don't like it. I'm getting up in your business, couples. You know why? Because the culture ain't going to tell you this. You're not going to hear this anywhere. <laughs> 
The culture is just going to clap for you and say, oh, that's so smart. You got to live together to see if you're sexually compatible. It's makes it, you're wise if you have chemistry, right? You, you don't buy a car before you take it for a road test. You got to take a test drive before you get married. But in God's sight, you're already married. You see, you got out of order. There's already been a blood covenant. Now all you want, really, be honest, is a big party to celebrate your sin. Ooh, <laughs> no one's coming back to church next week. I'm just preaching everybody out of the church. All right, listen. <laughs> I'm just telling some couple here. Now it's, my, it's not my opinion. It's with God's authority, you got to make it right with him. So yeah, you may need to move the, the date of the wedding up because the sin is creating a setback in your relationship. Hebrews 13 says, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer in all the sexually immoral. In other words, you, you can't have it both ways. You know, I, I want to honor God and God's like, man, don't fool yourself. Just because just you, you planned a wedding, but you're still violating my rules. I want to bless you, but I can't. The foundation of this family is, is all tangled up before it begins. And I, and I get it. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're like, all right, I know this is right, Tim. But, and so you know what? I, that's it. I, I'm cutting the soul tie and, I, and I'm going hard after God. I, I'm going I'm to go in my future with what God has for me, but I, I can't get past my past. Because now I'm connected to all these people, man, mentally, emotionally, I'm spiritually tied down. I want to lead a family someday. I want to raise kids. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe you do finally break past it and, and you finally get married, right? You, you've got some baggage, but you're like, I'm moving on. And so you get married, but you discover, man, marriage is hard, bro. He's a little bit of a slob, man. He's like, you ain't nothing special. You know, half the time she's too tired. I'm not attracted as much anymore. So what do you do if you're a frustrated spouse? Well, well you're like, there's other options. Maybe just a quick little search for a little something, something late at night. Quick scroll through, oh, a little bit of porn. And you think, well, that's harmless. Come on, everybody. <laughs> What's wrong with a little porn? Everyone watches it. And, and you scroll and you scroll, and as those images flood through the gateways of your eyes and those pictures burn in your brain, they're creating soul ties. Because Jesus even spoke to that. He said, I'm telling you, man, anyone who even looks at another person with lust has already committed adultery with them in his heart. So again, sex ain't just physical. There, 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 there's a soul tie created. At a heart level, and I know this is hard to hear, but God sent me to tell somebody there's a bunch of accounts you need to unfollow right now because it's poisoning your mind. And it's controlling your thoughts and it's playing your emotions. And one little look, man, one harmless little DM, right? And you rationalize like, what's the big deal, man? God's forgiving, he'll forgive me. I can still follow God. I can pursue his purpose for my life, but, but I, I don't understand what's happened. I just like, I like keep getting tripped up, man. Bro, come on, what's, what's, what happened here? I'm trying to go forward. It's like, just started out with a simple Netflix and chill. And now you're tied up in addiction. You know why? Because nobody told you there's no condom for your heart. 
Try to break free. Man, my heart's tangled up. Got these soul ties. The world will just warn you about STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. But God says, no, no, no. That ain't the worst thing you can get. God's like, the worst thing you can get is an STD, a spiritually transmitted dysfunction. Because there's no condom for your heart. You can't wrap it up your soul and somehow pretend your spirit is unaffected by all this. God gave you one heart. He said, above all else, guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. This is the home of the Holy Spirit of God living inside you. If you let it get tangled up with all this stuff, the heart, your heart gets weighed down with, with soul ties. So what do you do? Guys, this is why God gave instructions for safe sex. I'm not talking about the world's version of safe sex, but how God spells it, S-A-F-E. It's the only safe sex you can have in God's eyes. Safe sex means it's S-sacred. It takes place only within the spiritual covenant of Christian marriage. One man, one woman, one God for one lifetime. A, it's anointed. Don't be thrown off. It's not like a super fancy word. You know what anointed means? It means it's got God's approval. He can bless it. When God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, he was giving his approval for sex. So when you actually hold back on sex for marriage, guess what happens? You get God's blessing and his approval. And then, man, it's like, bro, go to town. Do whatever you want, man. Go crazy and wild. You throw whipped cream, swing from chandeliers, whatever. It's all blessed by your creator. Do it all. You know why? Because it's protected in the blood covenant of marriage which means it's got to be faithful. Faithful, that's what F stands for. Let me ask you this question. What if God was as faithful to you as you've been to some of your partners? Imagine. I mean, did you know you can be, you, can be, you know, faithful to your spouse physically and still get emotionally entangled? Like married folks, you know this, right? Like, like you, could, you, could, you could slide up. No, not you. I slide up into a DM with an old flame online, right? Or, or maybe that, that coworker you got close to, because like she understands me, you know, and you know, we should just grab lunch together. And you start sharing intimate details different than your spouse. And, and now you're texting back and forth. And like your husband doesn't seem to understand you, but he, he just gets me. And you start an emotional affair that's every bit as toxic as a physical one. See, if you're going to have safe sex, it's got to be sacred, anointed, faithful, and exclusive. Back to God's plan of one. One man, one woman, one marriage, one sex partner, one flesh, one lifetime. It is exclusive. Ain't nobody else invited to this party. Not your ex. Not, not your boo from college. Not the, the pictures on your digital device. Sex is exclusive. It's the only way. You can have safe sex in the eyes of God. So like, what do you do, you know? Because I get it, like, so many of us have made mistakes. We, we're all in that club, right? We've all made mistakes, including me. And as your pastor, I'll just be honest, I realize right now, you may be sitting there or you're listening online and, and you're watching and, and you might be feeling some big emotions. Guilt, maybe shame, or regret. Like, man, I've just made so many mistakes, we didn't wait, or maybe you had a, a screwed up 
sex life in school or as a single. Or maybe you're sexually active right now and you're not married. Or, or maybe, maybe you gave your virginity away and, or it was stolen from you by some monster. And you think, man, I'm not holy. I failed miserably in this area. And, and maybe even God is gently convicting you out of that right now. Let me tell you, he's doing that out of love. Listen to me. This is the reason Jesus Christ came to this earth and shed his blood to make a covenant with you. He says, if you'll come to me, I'll wash your heart with my blood and make it brand new, white as snow. And with the power of my Holy Spirit, I will cut those soul ties and you can be a born again version. Literally, a born again version of the original you. I can make you brand new. And, and the old is gone, a new creation. But you gotta come to me and be honest. You gotta say, God, my, not just my soul, but my body belongs to you. I surrender my sexuality to you. Make me holy. I wanna, I wanna live, Jesus, how you want me to live and honor you. So I guess what I'm saying is like, if you see yourself in one of these soul ties, you got a choice to make right now. You got a choice to make right now. You can keep getting played by our culture or you can be set apart by God and made brand new on the inside, and made holy. And if that's you, whether you're single or, or you're a part of a couple, young or old, I, don't, I just don't want you to leave here or leave our church online just feeling the weight of guilt or shame or regret. So I'm going to end with three very simple steps you could take right now. If you want to, if you want to sever these soul ties for good, you got to do three things, three C's. you got to cut it, you got to confess it, and you got to cast it. On Jesus. Let me, let me just give you a quick minute on each one. Cut it first. You know what Jesus said? For those who struggle with soul ties, Jesus said, you need radical surgery. You got to cut it off. Listen to his command. He says, anyone who even looks at a person with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And then Jesus says this. So if your eye causes you to sin, even your good eye causes you to lust, gouge it out, he says, and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You got to cut it off, gouge it out. Now, what's that mean, you know, cut it off? Obviously, Jesus is speaking figuratively here, right? Like if he was, don't get out like your pocket knife, like, all right. If, he, if Jesus was literal, like, hey, if you lust at all, you got to gouge out your eye. We'd all be walking around here like one-eyed pirates, right? Kind of like, you know, kind of. Jesus is talking about taking aggressive action to neutralize the obstacle that keeps tripping you up. So maybe you don't gouge out your eye, but how about your iPhone? Maybe you need to surrender it to your spouse or trusted brother or sister in your small group and say, you know what, I need help. Will you turn my smartphone into a dumb phone? Wipe the apps. Remove the browser, close my accounts, turn, cut it off. If you want to sever your soul tie to porn, you got to cut it off. You got to let it go. You got to say, that is the end. Cut it off. And yeah, it's got to be hard, especially if it isn't just like porn. If it's like a live relationship, this it's going to be hard, right? Man, she just kind of keeps pulling me back. But may, maybe, maybe you have to find a new job. You got to cut that soul tie with your coworker. Like, really? How bad you want it? Jesus says, radical surgery. I know some of you are dying inside. You're like, oh, man. I mean, my boyfriend, he's not going to be my husband. My boyfriend, he's like, what, the family? What would I do without him? He makes me feel special. 
We don't do it a lot. Just like, but my birthday weekend, we just go quit. How bad do you want it? You got to cut it off and confess it. You got to confess it. You know, it said confession is good for the soul. But you know what? It's more than that. Confession is the only way to break a soul tie spiritually. You have to confess it to God. As Christians, that's what we do. We actually come to God for cleansing. Something he can do that we can't. And then watch this. The Bible actually says you can confess your sins to each other so you may be healed. In other words, God can't heal what you won't reveal. But, but, but look what happens when you come clean with God. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be like, this isn't guilt trip. It's a beautiful promise. 1 John 1.9 says this. If we confess our sins to him, he's what? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and what? Cleanse us from all wickedness. So you may have made mistakes and, and your heart may, may feel filthy, but God says, come, on, come here, come to me, come to me. Let me cleanse it. If you will reveal it, I can heal it. You don't have to be afraid or embarrassed. You know what confession is? Confession is simply telling God what he already knows about you. And he loves you anyway. So if you're here, man, you're like, man, the past, past still has a hold on me, man. You got to confess it to God and so he can sever the soul ties. And you may need to confess it to another believer. Like, like who have you told about what's happened to you? Or, or, or what you've done to others? Guys, you got to get honest and real and raw. There are husbands and wives that need to have honest conversations. There are kids that need to have conversations with their parents. Why would I do that? You got to bring out of the dark so God can heal it in the light. If you don't reveal it, God can't heal it. You cut it out, you confess it, and then you cast it. This is my favorite verse. I'll end with this. I love it. 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he what? He cares for you. And the image here is like actually like casting a net. It's like taking these ropes off and saying, I ain't wearing this anymore. I'm going to take all my mistakes, all my anxieties, and I'm going to cast them on Christ. Because who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? Before you cared about this, he cared about you. And God's saying, I don't want you to spend the rest of your life carrying the mistakes and the burdens and being bound to your past. I came to set you free. Amen? That's why Jesus came. A new covenant. You're going to be a new creation. I ain't making you a better person. I'm making you a brand new heart. Christ loved you so much that his heart was broken and his blood shed on a cross so you can have a new covenant with God, a new future, a new relationship. You don't have to be a slave to your desires. The Holy Spirit will give you new desires and new strength and power to live a holy life. And, and all these, guess what happens? All these soul ties, all this stuff that once, once tied to you, once tangled you up, now it becomes your testimony. You're like, look at this, man. Look what God did for me. I was one way, but now I'm another because I got a new covenant with Jesus Christ. He loves me. He set me free, man. I am worthy of real love. Amen? Friends, if you're going to live a holy life in this wicked world, you've got to do whatever it takes and sever the soul ties. And that's what I want to do right now. I just want to challenge you to surrender your sexuality to Christ. Just give it back to Jesus. He created it. He designed it. Give it back. 
Look, if you're, if you're a couple here and you're, you're living together, surrender to Christ. Yeah? If you're addicted to porn, come out of the shadows. It's okay. Surrender to Christ. He won't condemn you. He loves you. He died for you. He's saying, cast it on me because I care for you. If you surrender it to him, he'll help you carry it. So this is a moment for some of you, I think, to renew your vows to God. So I just want to clear some space. Let's go to him in prayer. Would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads. People watching online, would you bow your head? This is a holy moment wherever you are, in your living room, your apartment. Father, your children right now, we're coming to you and we need cleansing. We need renewal, God. We're living in Corinth. We just confess that we've all made these mistakes in this area. Every one of us, we've fallen short of your design. So Jesus, would you forgive us? Forgive me. Just take a moment to confess your sin to God. He already knows. Just hand it over to him. Say, Jesus, I believe you died. When you died, you took my sin with you. And I believe you were raised. And you can raise me too and give me a new heart. With your resurrection power, I cut these soul ties. Holy Spirit, set me free. I want to live for you. I confess it. I turn from it. Come inside me. and Make me brand new. Father God, I pray right now for every man, woman, and child under the sound of my voice, those at church online. God, I just see in my head people with backpacks and they're filled with these giant rocks of guilt and shame and regret. Dump them out, God. Dump them out. Set us free. So may we walk in your ways. I ask that in all the glory to go to our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Everyone said, amen. Church, let's hear it for those who are surrendering their sexuality to Christ again. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening.